Wonderful. Great to worship. Good, some good vineyard songs in there as well. Um, homegrown, which is wonderful, to worship the Lord. He deserves it all, as we've just said. So, the message today is coming from us, from all of us. And I did say in the email I sent out to those that aren't here today, and I knew there are a number of people that are going to be away, that uh, send me an email. I managed to get well, one person emailed in. So I'm going to start with that, then I'm going to let you come on up here. I have got something to share as well, but I'll do that towards the end. So I've got one here from Karen, Karen Ann. And she says, this is the verse. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 9. She says this, in weakness, God's power is made perfect. It gives me a lot of hope when going through difficult situations to remain steadfast. Okay. Who's next? All right, don't don't all come rushing up at once, but... uh, Come on, I'm sure you've come prepared. And uh, just adjust the microphone if you need to, to get it in the right position. Thanks, Sue. It's difficult sometimes to choose one verse when there's so many. But I think this one is probably one of my favorites. And it's one actually I shared when I was baptized at the age of 18 as well. It's one that I keep on going back to. So I'm going to just share the verse and then it's just a... I'm just going to just mention um, little bits about it. It's Matthew 11, verse 28 to 30. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So the first part Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. Jesus is offering to take the weight of our lives, our burdens, our sins, our worries, and every area of our life into his own back in support of us. In exchange, he wants our submission to him. Then it goes on, and I will give you rest. When we submit to him, we will find peace and rest. Then it goes on, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. A yoke is a wooden bar or frame that is fastened over the necks of two animals for them to work together. In the past, often a young animal would be yoked to an older one to be trained. Jesus wants us to be yoked to him. A yoke symbolizes the freedom and support that Jesus gives. It is a free gift. We are to be yoked to Jesus in surrender and trust. Then the next part is, for I am gentle and humble in heart. Gentleness and humbleness is God's nature. He never forces himself on us. He is always gentle, loving and kind. And he expects us to be gentle and humble to others in return. This is showing the fruit of the Spirit and would draw others to him. Then the next part, and you will find rest for your souls. When we submit to God, rather than striving in our own strength, our souls will find rest. And the last part, for my yoke is easy 
and my burden is light. It means freedom from the yoke of death as we trust in Jesus' good and perfect yoke of life. When we walk with him through life, our baggage is light because he is carrying the weight. Jesus promises us an easy yoke and a light burden. The traditional meaning of the word burden is something that is carried. So in summary, Jesus is saying that our life no longer has to be occupied by our worries and burdens. Instead, we can find freedom and rest in him. So maybe just those, there's just so much in those verses and maybe over the week you could just sort of to meditate on those verses, especially in, in our struggles and stresses that, that we all at times go through, just to focus on them and let, give Jesus our worries and let him carry them. So my favorite verse is uh, Ephesians 2.10, Ephesians 2.10. And it says, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for, uh, for us to do. Uh, other versions, even a bit more flattering about us, it says, uh, we are God's masterpiece. He, this, is a, this is a New Living Translation. For we are God's masterpiece. Think about that for a moment. Masterpiece, not just a creation, but masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. And just like Sue's verse, you can have just one sentence of scripture and there's so much in there. You can cut and slice it about 50 different ways and talk about it for 50 hours. But there are three parts to this sentence. For we are God's handiwork, comma, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. That's its own thing, comma, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And if you just take the first part, Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's handiwork. I love that because it means there are no mistakes. Think about all of us. I think all of us probably battle sometimes with self-esteem or people tell us things which are really horrible, you know, and, and the world the world's not here to build you up or tell you, you know, that you're you're you know how good you are. It's a difficult place, but there are no accidents. The way you look, the way you are is God's handiwork and there's no mistakes in his economy. So even if you feel you should be a certain way or don't have a higher opinion of yourself, God thinks hugely of you, highly of you. He didn't make any, even if you think you're a mistake, doesn't matter. God didn't make any mistakes. So it doesn't matter what you think. You are a masterpiece. And I don't want this to turn into like a kind of self-help guru kind of thing, but do really think to yourself when you wake up in the mornings, I am a masterpiece. You really are. It's not just idle chat to make you feel good about yourself and get through the working week. God says it, it's in the scripture, you are a masterpiece. And in a world where people, you know, outside of the church say we're accidents or we're created by, you know, random chance or whatever, how good is it to know that you're made with intention? Everything about you was made with intention, where you were put, where you were born. There's no, I keep saying it, there are no accidents with everything. Sometimes we feel we're victims of accidents or chance or why did that happen today? Everything was planned by the Lord you were created with intention. That should be really empowering um, on our lowest days to know that we were created with, well, first of all, we're masterpieces, but with a purpose. We are purposeful creations as well. We're not here by accident just for God's amusement. He created us to do things as well. And I think that's the second thing to think about. We were created with purpose and created well, but it does say we are creating Christ Jesus to do good works. We're God's little hands and arms and legs on earth. You know, people often like, you know, whenever there's a tragedy or anything bad happens, where was God in it? 
well, we're here, we're his representatives, and he's commanded us and commissioned us to do good things and good work. So it's not for us to just sit down and go, I'm a masterpiece, and then carry on with our week. We have things to do as a result of being God's masterpiece, and each of us have different things. We don't all have the same good work. God has called us to do good works at different times. Sometimes we're called to be parents. Sometimes we're called to be good workers, sometimes good neighbors. doesn't matter if you're young or old. God's got something for you to do. You don't just sort of get to stop at 65 or stop because you're only eight years old. Everyone's got something to do at every point. As it says here, created in Christ to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And I really love that part about it saying the final part of the sentence, Ephesians 2.10, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We don't have a God who's reacting or caught by surprise when something goes wrong, when illness strikes or, or horrible things strike, because life is difficult. We all know it. God knows God had a plan for it, and nothing's caught him by surprise, and that should be really comforting. It doesn't always make it easy, but it should be comforting that God knew it was going to happen, and he's prepared us accordingly. And kind of like what sort of Sue was talking about in that, um, I've actually forgotten exactly what Sue was talking about, but I felt like it spoke to this, in that he's, he's given us everything. This is not what Sue was talking about, so I'm going off track, but I'm sure someone else's verse will talk. Was it Karen Ann? Yeah, Karen Ann, he's given us everything we need um, I can't remember what Caridan's verse was, but you know the sentiment. The idea was he has prepared us and given us everything so that we can uh, go through all these difficulties and stuff. That was it. So, sorry, Caridan. His grace is sufficient. That's it. That's it. Yeah, if Caridan's watching this, me butchering, I was listening. I wasn't sleeping. But that's my point. Joking aside, his grace is sufficient. He has planned for these things. There are no surprises. You're created with purpose. There are about a million different ways you can look at this verse. It's Ephesians 2.10, uh, and I really like it. So that's it. Ephesians 2.10. Okay, so I wasn't able to prepare this, um, but I felt God gave it to me earlier. Um, I live, I think a lot of people know, I live in quite a lot of physical pain, um, 24-7. And this verse for me is what gets me through some days, I guess. It's in Revelation 21, verse 4. It says, And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain for the former things have passed away. And I just think that is our hope. When Jesus comes, there will be no more pain or sorrow or tears or death. Um, that's what gets me through. Thanks. I don't think anyone uh, who has known me for a while will be surprised what verses I'm going to say uh, because they became special to me in uh, about year 2000 when I was uh, ill and in hospital um, with pleurisy and in pain. Uh, but I knew that God was with me. Um, and afterwards, I read some very familiar verses that jumped out of the page at me. And I thought, oh, this is a prescription uh, for good health. Because people were saying to me, I'd like to the joy that you've got um, so anyway, it's, it's a Philippians 4, 4 to 9. So Mark's asked for a verse, but you, you, yeah, we're all, we've all had, you know, so you, stretch, you have to stretch it sometimes. Um, I'll read it through and then go through some of the bits. So this, this is in the uh, New Living Translation version, which is the version I like of it. It's always be full of the joy of the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you're considerate in all that you do. Remember, the Lord's coming soon. Don't worry. Bless him. 
Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he's done. Then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that you can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what's true and honourable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And keep on putting to practice what you've learned and received from me. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing. And then the God of peace will be with you. So we need... Joy is not dependent. We need joy, and joy is not dependent on circumstances. Happiness is dependent on circumstances, but joy is a deeper contentment that we find in the Lord. We need to cultivate that, and you only get it from abiding in the Lord. Let everyone see that you consider it. We must be kind, we must be thoughtful to the people around us. They must, we represent Jesus to them. Remember that Lord's coming soon. Like uh, uh, Rachel was just saying, you know, we need we look forward to His coming. We live for today, but we look forward to the future. And then, don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. This is the answer to the peace and the joy by praying about it and praying about everything tell God what God tell God what God what you need and thank him for what he's done so you need to give your fears your concerns your troubles to the Lord and then you should say thankful you should be thankful thankfulness is a very therapeutic thing you, you've heard Sue in the past say that she sometimes has lists of thankful the things that she will uh, start the day with um, if you do these things then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything you can understand this isn't a logical thing this is a faith thing so it's not something that you will understand in your mind God's peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus this is how, where you get the peace by living in Christ Jesus, what others have been sharing. And then the next section goes on about what we need to fix our thoughts on. You know, we, life throws troubles at you. Life is throwing troubles at me from every direction. I know several, well, most of us are having troubles thrown at all directions. It doesn't come as one thing. It comes as a gang and it's hard sometimes to think straight when you're trying to work through this problem and that problem. But we need to sort them out one at a time and not try and fix tomorrow's problems. God will give you the strength for each day. You need to concentrate on what is true, honourable, right, pure, lovely and admirable. So these are the things that are excellent and worthy of praise. You need to centre your mind on good things, not on the fears and the worries that are troubling you. They will only drive you 
to fear and desperation. And if you, if you do what Paul was saying and what I've learnt in the past, what I'm trying to learn again with my present gang of troubles, um, keep putting into practice what you've learned and received in me and heard and seen me doing and the God of peace will be with you. Uh, yeah, um, basically what Andy said, um, trouble, gangs of troubles. My favorite one, as you all know, it's all about seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So for me, what that means, all right, focus on God, all right, regardless of the troubles what comes, if you focus on God and his righteousness, all these things will be given to you as well. Um, so it says, seek, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough troubles of its own. So always focus on today and pray to God and focus on God, and things will be given to you, and God will listen to you and help you. Mine is uh, actually very similar to Johnny's. I've, I've brought three. It's very hard to choose. You're, you're right, Sue. <laughs> uh, for you created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was... Um, when I... My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. This is Psalm 139. These are verses 13 to 15. I, I just love the whole book of Psalms, to be honest. <laughs> and I could have brought a lot more. But um, we try to express our personalities in many ways and often connect through our similarities or even, or even the events that... Um, that happened to us, uh, you know, and some people feel that these uh, trials define their identity, and um, I did before I gave my life to Jesus. Um, and um, there are also many masks in this world that we hide behind, and masks that we sort of carefully build to our, for ourselves. Um, and I have also done this in the past. I must admit to that. And um, these verses are a constant reminder for me of my true identity. Um, that is that is why this is uh, one of my favorite verses. Um, because I belong to the Creator God, and I'm carefully knit together in every aspect. So that's one of them. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's just such encouragement. I think we forget. Yeah, we, we often forget where we belong, and um, it's it's in his word, it's true, it, it, it's, yeah, it's amazing. So, the next one is from Romans 8, 28, I think I say this to myself a lot, <laughs> um, and we know that in all things God works uh, for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Um, this says to me that my mighty God can work in any kind of situation. And nothing at all can happen that could, that he could not turn to my good. And he will always have something to teach me. He will always use all, that means without exception, <laughs> um, situations for my benefit. Um, 
the part I play in this is looking for these benefits in all circumstances, because if he says he does this, then that is for sure. <laughs> and just one last one, sorry, <laughs> is from Isaiah 42 and this verse 16. I will lead um, the blind by ways they have not known along unfamiliar paths. I will guide them. I will turn the darkness into light before them and make the rough places smooth. These are things I will do. I will not forsake them. Well, this, this is just wow for me. I'm amazed that God doesn't give up on us. And when, we, when I understood um, how blind I am at times, um, yet God carefully guides me and makes rough places smooth for me, um, I was just blown away, and I still am. And this is a beautiful promise that is sealed with a statement. These are the things I will do. I will not forsake them. Um, God doesn't ever say something that he will not deliver, and his grace is just so sufficient. And, yeah, these are just promises that <laughs> that carry me through everything. So, yeah, thank you. Fine. Okay, um, I, I have three as well, but one... Andy already did, which is Philippians 4 verse 9, which I won't repeat that one. But the other two are Philippians 3 verse 14. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenwards in Christ Jesus. And I had a poster with this on in my room as a teenager. And it just kind of resonates with me that we've just got to keep pressing on towards the goal. The goal is what... Um, God has called us to do, and no matter how hard life is, we've got a goal that we are working towards, and that kind of ties in nicely with my other one, which is John 14, verse 2, and it says, my father's house has many rooms, if that were not so, I would have told you, for I'm going there to prepare a place for you, and I just know that, you know, no matter what we face in life, God has gone ahead of us, and he's prepared the rooms for us. And so those two verses are my favourites. So all you came prepared. I've got a load of waffle. Bear with. Can't even open my Bible. Um, I'm going to start. I mean, I knew immediately when Mark said, I, I have to do a confession and I hate you for it. I'm not a Bible girl. I don't know my Bible. I've never spent time in it. La, 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 la. Please forgive me. Not mm, a little bit rubbish, not so much back then when this happened, it was not rubbish. Um, and so I'm going to give you a little bit of my testimony, but know that in your heart, I truly, and this happened in my life, did not know my Bible, did not spend any time in it. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll start, start with that. So I'm going to go back a good few years, back to 1996, when I had a serious life or death illness. Um, see, I hadn't prepared this bit. Uh, I'd had, I was actually on the worship team one Sunday morning, and as I started to sing, I felt this pain in the back of my head, and I thought, ah, oh. and now I'd had this pain about 18 months before, I ended up in hospital, refused to have a lumbar puncture, which would have told us then what it was. Um, consultant said, well, if you're not having that, I'm going to say you've got having a serious migraine, which I was a sufferer from at the time, um, and sent me home. If it happens again, he said, you ought to come straight to hospital because it could be something to do with your heart. 
I remember this, stood behind the microphone thinking, huh, I don't want to go to hospital, but I also know I'm going to pass out, so I need to get from behind this microphone and out a little way, and hopefully nobody will notice that I've disappeared. Um, of course, somebody did, took me. I have no idea what happened for the rest of that Sunday, but on the Wednesday, I didn't go straight to the hospital, I do know that. On the Wednesday, my son was ill, had to take him to the doctors. As I'm driving him to the doctors, I realize that I can't judge the speed of the traffic coming towards me. Not only that, they're coming up fours at me, one on top of each other in both eyes. I better mention this when I get there, which I did. Um, and just going on and on, he did whatever he did and sent me first thing in the morning to the hospital. <laughs> and make sure you take your husband with you. Um, la 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 and that was on the Thursday by the Friday I had had all, all sorts of tests between the Thursday when I got there to the hospital anybody I some something in my head told me this I don't know what I was just like anybody that come near me I'd say to them I'm going to die aren't I nobody said no not one person said no it's okay we know what this is I had lots of not very pleasant tests. Um, and it anyway, it ended up that on the Saturday morning, I was going to surgery for um, aneurysm in my brain, which had bled. And the surgeon had said to my husband, um, basically it's 50-50, if she survives, she may be disabled, mentally disabled, whatever, um, or she, she could live. Please God. Uh, yeah. So. That was that story. And then I was, as you can see, survived. Um, and in fact, not only survived, I was the, my surgeon told me that I was the first person, patient, that he had known that left intensive care so quickly afterwards and sitting up in a wheelchair, not lying flat on my back and things. So God did a good job. Um, but after that, You'd think that would be grand, but I went into a massive depression, um, and I it was a dark it was a dark place, and it was about 18 months. But somewhere in that timeline between then and when I came out the other side, I heard, and it's happened twice to me, the audible voice of God, and His words to me was, "Read Psalm 116." So I will read it to you, and you will now know why this is very, very, how it was, it got me through. I love the Lord because he hears my prayers and he answers them, because he bends down and listens, and I will pray as long as I breathe. Death stared me in the face, and I was frightened and, I, and sad, and I cried, Lord, save me. How kind he is, how good he is. So merciful, this God of ours. The Lord protects the simple and the childlike. It's me. I was facing death, and then he saved me. And this is what hit me. Now I can relax. For the Lord has done this wonderful miracle for me. He has saved me from my death my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling, and I shall live, yes, in his presence here on earth. In my discouragement, I thought, they are lying when they say I'll recover. But now, what can I offer Jehovah for all he has done for me? 
I will bring him an offering of wine and praise his name for saving me. I will publicly bring him the sacrifice I vowed I would. His loved ones, us, are very precious to him and he does not lightly let them die. O Lord, you have freed me from my bonds and I will serve you forever. I will worship you and offer you a sacrifice of thanksgiving here in the courts of the temple in Jerusalem before all the people. I will pay everything I vowed to the Lord. Praise the Lord. Have to be very careful how I open my Bible. It was my first Bible that I got and it's just like an encyclopedia and it's falling apart, but I love it. Um, I was a baby Christian and um, I found it quite difficult to trust God because I always thought I'd had to look after myself, I'd had to be responsible, I'd had to do things. It was all about me, 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 and, and I had to be responsible. And, and I remember saying to God, because I was a synchronized swimmer um, representing my country, and I, I went, God, do you even know the difference between a ballet leg and a flamingo full twist 360? Um, because I thought, he didn't, I bet he can't do synchronized swimming. And so, you know, really. And, and God just came and gave me this from Proverbs. It's um, chapter 3. Sorry, I've missed my page. Um, and um, starting at verse... See, I've got everything in here, but the one I wanted. Here we go. Um, it's trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. It, it, it just absolutely, it absolutely confused me. It's... Um, It's verse 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And I really had to wrestle with that and, and realize I'd given my life to him. And so I needed to trust him and stop trying to do everything in my own strength, stop trying to feel responsible for everybody and everything and lean not on my own understanding. And it was quite humiliating because I thought I understood a lot <laughs> and um, I've come to learn in my long life um, just how little understanding I have and how much I have to trust him and so I've never forgotten this verse and in fact it was our wedding scripture and I love what follows it says in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight and I wouldn't have been able to acknowledge him in all my ways or have my paths made straight if I hadn't trusted in him and stopped leaning on my own understanding. And so I have to come back to this so many times when I think I need to be the solution. I need to know how this works. I need to be responsible. And I just see him shaking his head and going, do you go back, please? And so... With all the beautiful verses that I know and love in the Bible, I come back to this one. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. 
and with all the moves that we've had, all the places we've been, all the things we've done, I haven't understood half of them, why we were there, what happened, what prompted us to get there. Don't understand what's happening with the house move now, but trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And I just have to keep coming back to this because I keep thinking I can do it and I can't. And so it's a real wake-up call for me. And then I just love the end. In all the ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. And that's such a comfort, isn't it? We've had so many other verses that have come up that are just a comfort about him leading the way, being a lamp to our feet and a light to our path, and, and, and all the comforting, encouraging words we have. But trust in him, and don't lean on your own understanding if you're anything like me. I've got two verses, and they're in Ephesians. How we praise God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms, because we belong to Christ. His unchanging plan has always been to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. And this gave him great pleasure. Uh, I think it's amazing um, to think that, um, that we are blessed, um, that God has given us um, spiritual blessings uh, for our daily lives. Um, also the fact that his unchanging plan has always been to adopt us into his family. And um, when we surrender our lives to him um, and give our love to him, uh, then we are in Christ. And when we are in Christ, um, then nothing can come against us. Um, because it says, um, like when we had the song, I'm chosen, I'm not forsaken, I am who you say I am. And it's who God says about us and how God sees us um, that signifies our walk with him. So, and the world will say different things to us um, which are not true and which make us feel uncomfortable and unhappy. Um, but the fact is that God's love will never change as because we are in Christ. Um, I've got a, probably about, um, the whole Bible has my favorite um, but I, I remember as a, a junior school, um, a friend of mine, he, 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 he said to me, look at this verse. And it's probably the flip side of the coin, Jill, to what you said, that don't trust in your own understanding. Um, and it's Romans 8 verse 31, which says, if God is for us, who can be against us? It's a very definitive statement. Is that the right word? Definitive. It needs no explanation. But I, I want to read the, the, 
International Children's Bible one because I'm still a children. If God is for us, then no one can defeat us. Hi, I've got three. Um, when I first became a Christian, um, read the Bible, and I got a verse which has stayed with me, comes into my head all, all these years. It's Revelations 2, it's verse 7. It's in other verses, but it's got, it says, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And when I, I was a new Christian, when I read that, it, something went in and I thought, oh, this word is alive. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a revelation in itself. And when I read it, my ears started to tingle. And ever so often when I read it, my ears tingle. So for me, straight away, that was my, my verse. Um, the other one, no, two more. Jeremiah 29, 11. Um, this has been given to me several times. Um, so I've got a scripture for you. And recently, when I had my house warming, Yvonne and Bob bought me a little plaque with it on. For I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And that's come to me. I worked in a small home here for elderly, and one of the elderly ladies said, I have this scripture for you. And it's because people give it, give it to you sometimes. That's more powerful. Doubles up, so that that's my two scriptures. The last one, sorry, be quick, is two Chronicles seven fourteen, and it's, it's an Old Testament one, but it's something I go back to. Um, I'm actually I'm not a good Bible reader. I'm learning, but um, and it sort of sums up quite a bit, and it sort of grounds me. That makes sense. And it's two two Chronicles seven fourteen. And each part of it, I just think, applies to us Christians. If my people, who are called by my name, that's us, humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and heal their land. And I equate that to England. Thank you. One of my oldest um, things I learned from the Bible is in Proverbs, but I don't know what, what chapter. But everything everyone says, especially the ladies just said something, it's about um, intent. And it keeps you, th these words will keep you true in everything you do as a Christian. It says in Proverbs, as a man think of in his heart, so is he. So for me, I was looking at what does that mean? Okay, that means I can tell what a person's character is like. Whatever you say, I'm eventually going to know where you're coming from. And then it started to reflect. If, it, if that can happen, if I can see that in you, I can also see it in myself. So it was a reverse. As a man think of in his heart, so is he. It's all about character. It's all about who you are, what you are. Scream so loudly at me, I can't hear what you're saying. But it's from the Bible, Proverbs. As a man think of in his heart, so is he. It's a, for me, it's a guidance. It's where your heart is. Yeah. So always remember where your heart is every day. 
Um, this morning I had two, and then just as we've been sitting here, I thought, well, there's a third one as well that I will touch on. Um, I think many of you have heard this one many, many, many times. You, most of you should be able to quote it. Um, 1 Corinthians 14, 26. It's been my favorite, one of my favorite verses for many, many, many years. And it says, What then shall we say, brothers? When you come together, every, everyone has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue, an interpretation, one interpretation. All of these must be done for the strengthening of the church. And it's just, just so wonderful that we are seeing this happen in the church. And it's something I've been speaking into this church and into Living Stones where we were in Malawi, the church we planted in Malawi. Um, this word was a foundation of it, that when we come together, it's about all of us. It's not about the, the, the person who's always up front or the main person. It's about all of us coming together. And when we come together, we all have something to give. And today's been just such a wonderful example of this. Each one of you who's come up here to share has shared what God is saying to you. But you are speaking to all of us. And God is speaking to all of us through you. And it's just so wonderful. And yeah, we're looking at one particular part. But we are going to have a time of ministry in the end where we'll see more of these things happening. So it's just so great that we can come together and when we come together. And that's not just on a Sunday. It's whenever we come together. We come together to, to gather, be at a midweek meeting, or actually when you're visiting a friend who is a believer, you're visiting someone else, God can give you a word or a picture or something there um, that will, you'll be able to give to them. You'll be able to do something there. You'll be able to see the scripture um, taking place and being fulfilled that God will give you something, a revelation, a tongue, a word, an interpretation, whatever it is, um, that is, God will do that. So, And we're just going to keep on press, pressing into that. Um, the second one that I had this morning, um, it's my favorite psalm. Well, yeah, that and, um, so it's, and it's a short one. Psalm 133. It's uh, how good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in unity. It is like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down upon the collar of his robes. It is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion, for there the Lord bestows his blessings, even life evermore. And it's such an amazing psalm that where God wants us to be together in unity. And this is his body, his church, together in unity that we come together. It's one of the things that we've loved about being here in Purley is that the church is together in Purley and Kenley. When we first got here, it was gathering together weekly, but more for like business meetings and talking about things. And God just helped, we, God through us helped us turn things around where it became more about we need to be doing things together as the church in Purley and Kenley. And um, that's always been on my heart, even when we're in Malawi. I'd, I would gather together with a lot of the other pastors and um, get together with them and it was really great and share things with them and be able to and learn from them and teach them and be together and in, encourage one another and bless one another. And that's what God wants. And we come together. It's, it's precious to him. 
It's precious to God when we are together in unity. There shouldn't be division in the body of Christ. And I know that's what the enemy comes to do. He comes to rob, kill, and destroy. And how does he do it? By bringing division and um, getting us to not want to work together. Whereas where there's unity, there's strength, there's power, there's great things that will happen in those times. And then the last one is a, is a word that we've had a number of times given to us and... Um, we, we base it in this place again at the moment. Um, Jeremiah 6.16, it says, This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it and you will find rest for your soul. And I'm just going to leave it there. There is another little bit to it, but I'm not reading that. And that's, been given to Jill and I a number of times. Whenever there's been a change or something happening in our life, let's stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Follow the ways of God, not the ways of man. Follow the ways of God. And we have to do that. We've got to follow God's ways. We cannot follow what man is saying is right and wrong. When God says something is right and something is wrong, that's what we've got to do. And uh, we've got to stand on that path. We've got to follow that path. We've got to walk in it. Ask where the good way is and walk in it. And when we are walking in the good ways of God, that's when we find rest for our souls. That's when we can walk in peace and have peace. And not actually be, be troubled by what the world is saying to us, where people are putting us down and saying, how can you say that? Or how can you do that? Or how can you not do this? We say, well, it's not in God's word. It's not what God has said to us to do. We are going to do what God's word says. We are going to follow the paths of God. And even though man says, no, this is now acceptable, God's word says it's unacceptable. And we will follow God's ways. We will stand at those crossroads, look, ask for the ancient paths, ask where the good way is, and walk in it. And so we can walk in it with rest in our souls and peace in our hearts. So I just want to say thank you to everyone who's contributed this morning, who's given, you've shared something of you. A number of you haven't felt comfortable to do it. That's fine. It's not a problem. But I know that you've got words that, or scriptures that are your favorites. And if you don't have one, ask God to give you one that is meaningful to you, that you are able to share with other people and just say, this is really what God has spoken to me through this verse. And... Um, as we've heard from two ladies here, they're, they're not great in reading through their Bibles or not, they're better at it now. I want to just encourage you. This is God's hand, handbook to us. This is God's handbook. And when we read it, this is where we find what he wants to say to us, speak to us, help us, fix us, deliver us, do whatever he wants to do to it. Everything we need is found in his word. Everything we need is in his word. But we also need one another. We cannot live just on his word. Um, we need one another as well. You know, um, because it says, as Jesus said to the devil, you know, we, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. This is God's word to us, but also God uses us to speak to one another as well. And that's why we need fellowship, and that's why we need to be part of the body of Christ, to be in a church where we can support one another, help one another, build one another up, encourage one another, strengthen one another, walk with people that are going through difficult times and 
rejoice with people that are going through great times. When we are together, we do things together and we walk together and we go forward together. So thank you, everyone.